Not ready? Too bad. Head back, face forward, and hold on like you mean it. Welcome to Review Time's Theme Podcast. This is a weekly show where we explore the ins and outs of attractions and theme parks from around the world. My name is Dom and I will be your host today as we explore one of our fun pastimes. It's going to theme parks that we like and looking at one star reviews. Now, a little disclaimer before we get into this. This is going to be a little bit different to some of our other episodes. Uh, I advise you to bear with us. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. But if it's not for you, then look, you're more than welcome to bounce out and tune in next week. We're a bit, a bit more of a, a traditional mess, we like to call it. Uh, but before we get into it, I'd like to introduce the man who's been helping me out a lot lately. Uh, he says things could be a lot worse and I could be trapped inside an underground hole filled with water. I know he means well. It's review time co-host Luke Ooh. Carroll. Oh, I'm here. <laughs> I don't know if I want to be, but I'm here. And uh, as you're saying at the top of the episode, this pastime predates review time. Which, oh, yeah. Which I think might be the epitome of... We're Australian enthusiasts who happen to live away from even the Australian theme parks. So we get to the stage where something fun for us to do is to just look at reviews and roast one-star reviews. Like it's we usually did- uh, one of those things that we'll do when we meet up together and uh, we've had a good night. You know, we've had a, a couple of mm. adult beverages. So, look, I advise you, if you're listening to this at home, maybe go and get your, your preferred adult beverage. If you are a mm. child, don't. That is illegal. <laughs> uh, but I, I do want to start with an introduction of, of something that can sort of set the tone as to what this episode is. So uh, when I got engaged, I got engaged at SeaWorld, oh, would have been in about 2018, 2017. Mm -hmm. And when we were coming back from SeaWorld, we did a couple of days at DreamWorld, Movie World and all of that. It was a fun theme park adventure all around, but there were huge bushfires around where uh, my home was. So we were flying out and as we got close to my home airport, they were like, look, sorry, we can't get there. There's too much thick smoke. Uh, You're going to have to go to Sydney. And we're like, okay, this is strange. The logistics of that is going to be interesting. But <laughs> so we get diverted we'll to out. Sydney and, and we get onto a bus. And a big difference between planes and buses is that buses are a lot quieter than planes. And what happened was there was this lady on the bus who thought that it was her God-given right <laughs> to play. I'm not sure if you've ever listened to it. It's uh, I think it's Disturbed. They have like... A cover of Hello Darkness, My Old Friend, The Sound of Silence. It's a really good song. You've heard it a thousand times. It (laughs) took me a a long time uh, to get actually in the mood to actually listen to it because it upset me so much because this lady (laughs) just played this song. Over and over. And And that's like a, a two plus hour drive. Sydney to Newcastle, at least two hours. Yeah, and they actually drove us to the airport, which is like 30 minutes north of Newcastle. So it was two and a half hours on a bus, which was very frustrating, but we all had to put up with it. But I just remember having this sort of seething (laughs) hatred towards this woman because everyone around her was frustrated. Her granddaughter, who was with her, was like, Nan, can you please turn that off? And she was like, no, I can do this. I'm allowed. She was like, these are literally my headphones. Put them in. She's like, no. And I just remember thinking like, oh, man, that's sort of like we had done a couple of days at the theme parks at that point. And you you get those like theme park enthusiasts know when some guests have a certain entitlement. And I got that entitlement from this lady. From this woman. (laughs) Until I look over her shoulder because she's like sort of adjacent to me on the bus and she's on a review for wet and wild it's a one-star review and literally i'm not kidding she was constantly refreshing it just seething over this (laughs) one-star review waiting for wet and wild for the management to get back to her i ended up finding it like i went on to wet and wild and i'm like oh my gosh the review wasn't like it wasn't even a bad thing. It was something I like got she... wet and it was a little <laughs> bit wild. <laughs> it, she had booked an experience at the park 
and they refunded her, but she didn't think that was enough because the experience was cancelled. She felt like she should have gotten a free ticket to the park or something, and she, that's what she was trying to get. And so that's the sort of... Yeah. Uh, when we're giving also, these this reviews... this is to a park that you can get a season pass for for, like, 120 bucks. <laughs> like... And you can go to four theme parks at 365 days of the year for that price. Like I recently, I've been working from home for the last oh, two months. You're probably in the same situation being in, down in Sydney. Mm-hmm. And recently I bought a new ergonomic chair. I could go to Wet n Wild for three years for the same price that I bought this <laughs> chair. <laughs> but You could I- go to... You could go there three years for one day ticket at some of the parks we're going to talk about today as well. Well, that's I wanted to set the scene as to the sort of people that we are we're going to be reading out their reviews. Uh, Firstly, we're not going to be giving any names. These are all public, so um, if anyone has any problems with these reviews. They're available out there, but I do highly recommend not causing these people any trouble. At the end of the day, they are people and they've probably had bad experiences, but they're yeah. also maybe the sort of people who make you really annoyed on a train, uh, not a yeah. train, on a, pl- a bus trip after you've just been <laughs> delayed after your engagement. You just want to get home and see your family and you've yeah. listened to the sound of silence like 20 times. <laughs> and these these aren't the people who, you know, we genuinely had reasons to complain like we're not going to sit here and you know somebody says x y and z happened and genuinely yeah that sounds like they've really had a bad day you'll see once we get into it this sort (laughs) sort of people we've picked out we've picked up and i was honestly shocked at how many some of these parks had like you could go and try and find these but especially on tripadvisor I, like Tokyo Disney Sea has like 2,500 reviews on TripAdvisor. And even if you just sort by the one star reviews, there's still like 200 of them. You have to sort through a lot. And look, there are some that have legitimate claims. It, it is one of those things that when it comes to theme parks, uh, it can be a matter of it's an on and off switch as to whether you have a good day. And there are valid reasons to give a one-star review but the ones that we're giving here are not valid reasons yeah. i also want to give a disclaimer within a disclaimer uh, don't believe everything you read on the internet and when going to a theme park always do your own uh, research my main reasoning for this is that wonderland sydney has 3.5 stars <laughs> it says it's open 24 hours Oh, and it's let's been go. closed since 2004. Oh, so damn. The internet reviews, lied to me. <laughs> these are reviews that have come in over like the last couple of years. So when you look at a park and go, oh, I don't know, it's got a 4.6 stars on uh, Google. Remember that Wonderland Sydney, a park it. that has been closed for over a decade, has 3.5. <laughs> <laughs> That's the benchmark we're going for yeah. here. And I think there is that there is that um as well that I I can't think of the exact wording for it, but the thing where you're more likely to leave a bad review if you're seething and have had a bad experience and you know if you start off a day with a small bad experience, you get set in that mind frame of oh, everything's terrible. So you you essentially fulfill your own ideal that this place is bad. And that can I, often be the case. I believe it's the negativity bias. So this yeah. is something that we've experienced firsthand. And it, look, it's a valid criticism we've seen on the Review Time channel a couple of times that our content progressively over time has gotten more negative. But what it can be is that even if you have an equal weighting of positive and negative content, people shift towards negative things. Our brains are naturally tuned to yeah focus on things that are negative because in nature things that make us feel angry or scared or upset or anxious those are potential threats so it was that thing that we were trained if you think about caveman brains we've been in this society or what we think of is regular <laughs> life for only like 12,000 years so yeah. we haven't evolved to go to places like Disneyland and not leave one star reviews because it's raining so <laughs> Damn Disney. Where's that well, bubble? <laughs> did you well did you want to start off with some of yours and we'll sort of uh yeah, hopscotch so, between them? Well we'll start at, you know, the the best 
theme park in the world, according to us, as our mm. review mm. system has been, even though I kind of forget what the review system is two years after reviewing anything. <laughs> but anyway, uh, let's start here with a good old Tokyo Disney Sea review. This Ooh. person has listed 10 things that make this park terrible. Oh, okay. So, uh, the title just says so many wrong things going on. As a person who've been to several Disney parks all over the world, mm. I'd say this is the worst one for me. My reasons? Number one, overoccupied, overcrowded, park overtakes people in. I there's a If you search by bad reviews of Tokyo Disney Sea, a lot of people say this. Tokyo Disney Sea gets busy, but it doesn't get overcrowded really. Mm. You, like, from what I understand, the capacity of this park is just a lot smaller than, say, a Disneyland or, or Magic Kingdom or something like that. A Magic Kingdom park capacity can get up to 100,000 people on a really busy day. Yeah. It doesn't I, hit that that often. But Disney Sea is somewhere, you know, 40, 50,000 people, but it'll more it'll get to those numbers closer, but like more yeah. often. You're going to always have a busy day where the Magic Kingdom, those stupidly busy days, are maybe 10 days a year. Yeah. Uh, so number two, <clears throat> lack of items, lack of character merchandise, lack of creativity, barely any Disney characters as well as Pixel, which I think okay. they might mean Pixar. <laughs> All stores mainly sell Duffy Bear. Literally, most stores barely have good items to sell and fill half their space with Buffy Bear. <laughs> Lines are too long. You can't imagine. 40 minutes to buy popcorn, longer for rides. Four, lack of priority lines for people in need, such as elderly and pregnant women. Five, no Disney princess shops. Six, Mermaid Lagoon barely had any princess items. Hmm, that's kind of contradictory. <laughs> Half its store was filled with Buffy Bear. <laughs> Seven, felt like Buffy Park. More Buffy blushes than Look, Mickey blushes. They're really reaching for 10 here. <laughs> Eight, lack of vegetarian food. Nine, took a nine-hour flight to be disappointed. <laughs> Ten, I don't know anyone personally, so I am not attacking. I am just stating what I saw as a customer. Good things. Very sweet staff. Smiling all the time. Two, good priority toilets. Uh, 10 things that you have said are wrong. And I think there might be two things there. One, you think the lines are long and one, you wish there was less Duffy in the park. Which they've called Buffy. Uh, Buffy. <laughs> I just, this is something that I did come across. So I've got the list of things in front of me here. So I'm just going to go through things that I don't quite agree with. Um, <laughs> firstly, I see a lot of people complain that it's over-occupied and overcrowded. Now, this is a park, and we've said this before, that... If there is one theme park in the world that I recommend spoiling it for yourself, just so that when you go, you have a good experience, yeah. it is Tokyo Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland. These parks yeah. are notoriously crowded and you cannot use the same methods that you use at the US space parks or even Hong yeah. Kong or Paris because the people that go to Tokyo Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland regularly other people who understand things like fast pass and yeah. priority passes and all of that, they understand the park and they, they know the ins and outs. These are also people who are willing to wait five hours to be the, like they will literally enter the park, go mm -hmm. to a show and wait there so they can be in the front row just to take pictures. Yeah. These are the sort of guests that you have at this park. Completely fine. But it's that thing where it's like, if you go to this park and you don't do your research, you will have a bad time. I guarantee it. And I saw that firsthand when uh, this isn't ragging on him, but when Tim Tracker went to Tokyo Disney Sea, they made the comment that they didn't do any research because they didn't want to spoil the experience. And they yeah. even said themselves that re they regretted that if there's one person who knows theme parks in and out, like he literally basically lives in them, <laughs> it's probably Tim Tracker. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing by you know, spoiling it. We don't mean, you know, go and watch all the ride POVs, go and do this. We just mean, you know, do your basic research. What days should you go? The difference can be, you know, even I believe a Monday in Tokyo Disney can be a really busy day, the equivalent of a weekend. Yeah. But then like Tuesday through Thursday is always the quiet days. But, and then it could be, you know, starting at four o'clock, it's going to get insanely busy. Those sort of things. 
it's very much Tokyo Disneyland is similar to Disneyland. Obviously, we don't know now because annual passes still aren't a thing there um, at the moment, but it's very much that same. A lot of AP holders, and even if you're not an annual pass holder, a lot of people who know exactly what they're doing, you can think, you know, it used to be the case where if you knew how to kind of use the Fast Pass Plus system at mm. Walt Disney World, you could get that fourth, that fifth, that sixth Fast Pass in a day and get on twice as many attractions as, you know, a guest who doesn't use it at all. Imagine that person who knows what exactly what to do, and that's pretty much 95% of guests yeah. at the Tokyo Disney Resort. Yeah, that's actually the thing that I bring up is the example of sort of bringing it back to the US parks. I've seen people like, oh no, Genie Plus is going to be amazing because it's based off Max Pass and I use Max Pass at Disneyland and I got to go on so many rides. That was basically because Max Pass was on top of Fast Pass and a lot of people couldn't no, see. So re- remember Max Pass, the, uh, we need to see how it's implemented. Because mm. MaxPass was just a digitization of FastPass. So in theory, oh, more people should have had, ha- had access to both. Those two on top of each other means that 100% of guests had it. That's going to be the thing with Genie. If they keep the ratios exactly the same, yeah. 75% at, uh, you know, four to five at that phase one merge ratio that they talk about, in theory, Lines should be less. But then I've also heard of things, you know, they'll run less cast members. So the capacity, you know, your efficiency is less anyway. So it's hard yeah. to know, you know, comparing the past to the present. Because, yeah, Max Pass is great. Um, Tokyo Disney now doesn't have anything like a Fast Pass or a Max Pass currently. Really? Um, they have a standby pass on the app which is just for attractions that are too, like the queues won't hold the demand from guests. Yeah. So say so, something like Toy Story Midway Mania, they've still got 1.5 meter gaps between parties, meaning that that queue that used to be able to hold a four hour line can now only hold about a 40 minute line. So you get a standby pass that lets you into that 40 minute standby line at a specific time of the day. Yeah, sort of. This thing. is also a park that I've seen, and <coughs> just watching a video of someone walking around Tokyo Disney Sea, the cast members and the guests are so respectful of the rules. Yeah, I couldn't see anyone who was having a problem with social distancing no mask, or yeah. mask wearing or anything like that. Completely fine if people have valid reasons for not wearing masks and things like that. But if you're the sort of person like we experienced at Movie World who got really angry because we were social distancing. Not kidding, someone uh, was like visibly seething and then complained to their family that we were social distancing and that we weren't filling the gap in a line. That, yeah. Is this episode just becoming us ranting about guests yeah. that we had bad experiences yeah. with? <laughs> this guy, which I don't know if we've told the story, he literally did the silly I'm a grump voice where he's like, ooh, look at me. I'm social distancing. (laughs) Like, he thought that was some amazing insult to us. Like, how is that meant to offend us? He also did it where he turned around to his family and said this as if, like, he was about to put up his hand for high fives and they'd all be like, oh, hell yeah. Got him, right? But it was more like, (laughs) I think that at least his wife understood that you're not getting on the ride until yeah. we get on. It doesn't yeah. matter how much space there is. Like you being physically closer to the ride does not eliminate how many people there are to get on Between the ride. <laughs> yeah. That's always a big thing where people are like, <clears throat> can you move up? Move can up. you move up? Yeah. It's like, oh boy, in our one hour queue, it, me taking one step further is really going to make a difference um, yeah. to you. Which to be fair, Duffy Park, Buffy Bear <laughs> is pretty Tokyo Disney Sea. They do have an entire land dedicated to Duffy or Duffyville, USA. What's it called? Like in there, Port Cape Cod or something? Yeah, so there is a port. There are there are sort of three areas that are based on the US because mm. I'm fairly certain that Port Discovery is kind of based on future US. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's meant to be like you've got the... New York port, and then you've got what is sort of like an old 
uh, for lack of a better Fishing word, village, colonial era. I think it's like, um, yeah, like a. It's it's yeah, not in Cape? our time period. Yes. Yeah. It's like a little fishing town, I think. Literally um, just exists for Duffy. <laughs> yeah. Well, it didn't used to, but Duffy overtook it. And yeah. that's the weird thing. At Tokyo Disney Resort, Duffy is only in Tokyo Disney Sea. You can't get mm. him. You can't get the Shelly May. You can't get Stella Lou. You can't get <laughs> the dog. You can't get the, the turtle now. You can't get them at the like you can't get them at Tokyo Disneyland and you can't get them at the kind of generic gift shop uh mm. Bon Voyage gifts which is their equivalent of you know like a World of Disney you can only get him at Tokyo Disney Sea Have we mentioned Stella Lou's name before and the connotations so, yeah. that has great in his toilet <laughs> great toilet <laughs> It's just every time I see it and somebody says it, it's like, oh, our new character, Stella Lou. I'm like, oh, that's a bloody Stella Lou. That is sparkling I think, I think clean. My, my favorite part of this review, th- that you can feel that real struggle to get to 10. Five, no Disney princess shops. Six, Mermaid Lagoon barely had any princess items. Well, which one is it? It can't be both. <laughs> the other one as well is number 10 isn't a reason number 10 is a statement uh which is i don't know anyone personally so i'm not attacking i am just stating what i saw as a customer what did she think that you know she knew mr oriental land company like (laughs) and this was personal to him he's just he's going through his daily report and some like man comes in, he's like shaking. He's got like his eyes are glassed over. And he's like, oh, Mr. Oriental Land Company or Mrs. Oriental Land Company. Maybe they're non-binary as well. Uh, we don't exclude here on Review Time Theme Podcast. Uh, he hands this paper shaking and Oriental Land Company person holds it up and just tears it. And he's just like, their face is going Ten red. Reasons. <laughs> Ten reasons. Ten reasons. He, he picks up, like, on the wall is a thing that says, in case of emergency, sledgehammer. He picks it up and he's like, that's it. I'm knocking down Tokyo Disney Sea. <laughs> Damn you. It's done. <laughs> on its 20th anniversary, it's over. <laughs> reasons even though there's only two of them i also like number nine took a nine hour flight to be disappointed which if you if your name is anything other than luke carroll and dominic lacy you probably shouldn't take a flight to japan just to do one day at tokyo disney sea because you will be disappointed (laughs) yeah that's a an interesting one because there are a lot more things in japan other than just tokyo disney sea however looking at their account they have one contribution so they literally did just fly in fly out for tokyo disney sea by the looks of it if you look yeah most of the reviews of tokyo disney sea are complaining about lines we'll just quickly go through one more just because i love the title happiest Hmm. place on earth for those who love to wait, I was like, oh, you got me. You, you got me in. And just the way it's beautifully written. Does your entire self-worth depend on your ability to stand in line for a long time? If so, we you have found heaven on earth at Tokyo Disney Sea. You must come to experience the unbeatable joy of waiting three hours for Toy Story, three hours for Soaring, two hours for Nemo, long lines everywhere for food, toilets, snacks, drinks, all on a cold, rainy, and quiet day. It's like, <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. I just, this is one of those things where if you notice some one-star reviews, people take so much care to ensure yeah, that they're either like, worded. as if you were presenting it to the board of the company or is just ripping on it. However, hmm. I've noticed a pun down the bottom uh, otherwise, this is really just Disney C. You only get to see. You don't get to do anything. <laughs> Which is not called Disney Ride or Disney Show or Disney Do. It's called Disney C. Just walk around and see the park. That's what you paid for. <laughs> well, did we want to move on to a, another theme park? Because I've got some yeah. for Tokyo Disneyland if we yeah. want to uh, go mm-hmm. there. This one... I mainly selected it because the use of words 
Mm. These like I'm I'm currently in the midst of what I'm trying to do. I'm 18 months in of writing a novel, and one of my things <laughs> is trying to make myself sound smart. Anyone who's written before has this nagging sense that whenever they write something, it's like, okay, how do I take this sentence and make myself sound smart? This one is as if they just took it that step too far, and I want to put it in the sort of accent that I believe they were thriving for in this review. Atonal irradiated American bleakness, which the <laughs> masses seem still obsessed with, despite it all being superseded by pretty much the entire of modernity. Food is pathetic and overpriced, and the rides, they put that in quotation marks, mm. are rickety heaps of depression. <laughs> I am convinced an emperor's new clothes style mass hallucination is going on in this place as no person in their right mind could possibly gain any enjoyment here. All that happens is you pay several hundred dollars, walk in, marvel, in quotations, because I think they're referring to marvel attractions, at the fiberglass junk everywhere, then shuffle around in hellish crowds for hours on end, pretend to have fun, and then go home. Hell Ooh. on earth. <laughs> Atonal, irradiated American bleakness. Bleakness. Is oh. Digs down mm. to the core, like the yeah. wording, rickety heaps of depression. It's a beautiful way to say <laughs> it's a bit boring and I don't really care for yeah. it, isn't it? <laughs> like, like I just I say, Im- really, <laughs> I can imagine them loading this up into a Word document and just going through and like what you did with your Year 12 HSC uh, <laughs> Word documents, just right-click synonym, right-click synonym. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> beautiful, beautiful. I, the, the rides are rickety heaps of depression too. God, could you imagine if this guy went to a any other Disney park <laughs> in the world? Because this park is the creme de la creme for looking after their uh, old attractions. Like I, There was also <laughs> another one here that I found for Tokyo Disneyland, and we'll move on from it soon because we'll get away from Tokyo and start moving on to some of the US parks, which have some really good reviews. Uh, but this one was, this was personally addressed to the theme park, and that's oh. why I selected this one, because it starts off with, to Tokyo Disneyland. I have the need to express my concern recently when I visited. During our lineup to one of the activities, my mother went to find a map that we forgot on a bench. When she came back to my sister and I in the line, a lady in her mid-50s started cursing at my mum to cut in line. For cutting in line, sorry. However, my mother was not cutting in line. She was simply waiting for us to the gate. She was not even going to go in. The lady even stepped on my mother's foot. She also kept yelling and cursing at us in public, which is disgusting. Fair. Um, I simply want to say that she was a disgrace to the country of Japan. (laughs) I thought Japan's a beautiful country with great (laughs) scenery and people. Really contemplate after my experience. I also want to express that the issue was not dealt with in a clear and resolving manner. The issue remains unsolved. Also, isn't Tokyo (laughs) Disneyland a tourist attraction? Why don't the people work there know little English at the least? English is a universal (laughs) language. Oh, Oh, that's a yikes from me. (laughs) It's used most of the time. So this is why the issue was not dealt with correctly. They let the woman go with no apology. This was the service we got. Not blaming Tokyo Disneyland, even though literally your last two paragraphs are blaming (laughs) Tokyo Disneyland. Just posting this so they can improve on their services and no one may experience what we (laughs) went through. It was humiliating. Now, I just want to make a point. Yeah. Yeah. English is not like D&D common tongue. You're not just <laughs> yeah. born into the world understanding English. It's not a universal language. Yeah. I don't even I don't even think English is an official language at Tokyo Disneyland. I believe their only official language is Japanese. The cast mm. members are kind enough that generally in each area there will be 
one cast member at least who can have a discussion with you. But it's exactly the same as if you speak Spanish and you go to Disneyland Paris, you're not going to expect every cast member to speak Spanish. Like Mm. you're going to an international destination and that's part of it. We bring this up a lot and I have heard people say that we're wrong, but we're only talking from our own experience. We've been between the two of us. We've spent a month in Japan combined. Yeah. And, you know, 10 days at the Tokyo Disney Resort. Every time I've ever had an issue, they would try their best to solve it, whether that be, you know, go and find somebody who speaks English to help us out or whether it be try their very best to help us out themselves. I've had times where we've essentially with no level of communication have been able to point and, you know, not sign language, but charade our way to a discussion that has ended up in me getting what I want. One time I was asking for a a specific shirt size to a Japanese cast member who spoke not one word of English, Mm. but because I was polite and he was twice as polite as me, we got there and I got the shirt I was looking for. I feel like there is an element in some of these that there is the expectation that because it's Tokyo Disneyland with Disney being an American company, that then they will speak English. It's all other resorts around the world do have an obligation towards English I don't know if speaking. Shanghai does. I, oh, actually, you might be right. Um, yeah, I know so the I, rest do. I actually forgot that Shanghai existed. I was going through all of them <laughs> in my head. Um, but Paris, uh, English is an official language. Hong Kong, English is one of three official languages, mm. which is insane. Um Obviously, in the US, the rest are US based. (laughs) Um, But once you actually get to Tokyo, the expectation just isn't there. It's similar to like if you were Japanese and you go to um, Epcot, then not everyone there is going to speak Japanese unless it's the Japan Pavilion. Pavilion. (laughs) Um, But they have like badges that say, I speak Japanese or I speak Korean, things like that. Whatever it is. This is similar in Tokyo. They have badges that say, I speak English. The expectation is not that they know English. When they go to work for this park, they are not expected to. You don't have to speak English to get a job. Yeah. Whereas if you want a job at Hong Kong Disneyland, you have to speak conversational English, Cantonese, and Mandarin, which is insane. Yeah. <laughs> Which good luck, and then yeah. you know, like Jungle Cruise, where you have to speak all three, and they'll just go, "You're doing this language this time. You're doing this mm. language," which is crazy. I think is is this is this review here also a review of the woman, this woman who trod on her toe or <laughs> something? Like, is this a, a three paragraph review of a woman? Because at the end she says, "Not blaming Tokyo Disneyland, but Tokyo Disneyland was the one that got a one star review, not this woman." Like, That's the. A- the thing I don't get is that literally everything there is like this issue was not resolved. Not blaming Tokyo Disneyland. Also, what what a way this woman was not a representation of the entire yeah. country of Japan. No, Dom. <laughs> she thought Japan was a beautiful country with great scenery and people. But because this one woman stood on her mother's toe, the entire scenery of Japan, disgusting. Every <laughs> single person, incredibly rude. Like, this is that person who you know had that one little bit that went wrong and then they were seething for the day mm. and couldn't wait. They, it wouldn't surprise me if they wrote this in the queue for a ride sort of thing. <laughs> that sort of thing where it's like, I feel like a lot of dads go through this where at mm. Disney theme parks, just something breaks within them yeah. in the middle of just, the day. <laughs> and then it's like they just snap at the smallest thing. But we'll move on. We'll we'll get out of yeah. Tokyo because Which we're I think focused as well, on just Tokyo quickly, now. If you are looking to go to Tokyo, or Japan is spoken in the ticket booths, uh, guest relations, and the hotels. You're always going to be able to very easily find a cast member who speaks fluent English. So if you have a situation where you you're lost, you just need someone who can, you can have a full conversation with. Head to guest relations. Head to the front desk of a hotel. Head to the ticket booths. They're going to be your best bet for somebody to help you out if you're struggling with that. We've done it. Um, we went to guest relations one time. I've done it in the hotels. We were lucky enough when we stayed on site to be essentially assigned 
a person who spoke better English than me like for for our entire stay. She like gave us her direct number for when she was on site sort of thing. Can like, I also they are super accommodating. point out, um, pick your hills to die on. <laughs> if you are having a problem with a cast member who doesn't speak English, yelling or trying to make them understand your English by getting louder or talking slower is not going to improve their English if they don't speak English. So yeah. just <laughs> pick your battles. That's what I'm yeah. going to say. <laughs> But yeah, we'll we'll move out of Japan. We'll move to somewhere where they every guest cast member should speak English. So uh, hmm. this can't be an excuse. Let's see. We're heading to Disneyland. The original. Quickly point out: Should we call this like review time after dark? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, we don't usually we usually record through the day. This is a, it's an eight p.m. recording right now. We usually we, record we're at gonna like have to Friday. Start whispering, talking down here. Hey guys, welcome to review time after oh, dark. That's when you knew. Like when you're traveling, traveling back from a holiday, there was always on ABC at two AM, yeah. like the Love God or Hello. something. <laughs> yeah, it was like welcome back Give us to Sydney, ring up with your so love my, songs and dedications. My husband, he gives too much attention to his friends. Oh well, here's a good well, song for you. How deep <laughs> is your love? How deep <laughs> is? It was always BGS. The seven songs on repeat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this one, Disneyland Park, Anaheim, California, Walt's original park. The title is Don't Bother. Worst experience ever. There's about four R's <laughs> on the end. Un- unfriendly staff who were either rude or abrupt who didn't have a clue. Unfortunately, there weren't many characters out because the weather was a little cold and wet. That's okay. We only spent four hundred US dollars a person to visit oh, per it's day. The, it's the Disney <laughs> bubble. It's back. <laughs> when we did see a few characters, they weren't interested in interacting with the kids unless we showed them the money. And so Mickey's, hire pal, give me fifty bucks, and I'll take a picture with you. Like, what does that mean? It's a, when Mickey's just there. It's like, so, uh-huh, you want to get a picture? Uh-huh. And they're like, hey, hey look, uh, Mickey, we're on hard times, buddy. Can you- I, I don't do freebies here, pal. <laughs> uh, the next part, the toilets were disgusting. No decor, just public toilets. <laughs> Paid for two oh. standard pizzas for 90 US dollars. Laced with this didn't gold? include drinks. I could go on, but I really can't be bothered reliving the stressful day. So if you want to take your family for the sake of it being Disneyland, then I suggest to go with a full wallet and lots of knowledge of how to use the fast pass, along with a map of the park, so you won't have to ask for any help. Universal was much better, less expensive, and way less stressful. I'm just struggling to see where there's a pizza for 45 US dollars in Disneyland. The only, the only place I know of that sells pizza is the um the, the pizza thing to the LGMs yeah pizza yeah. planet which carry the think? show for a moment I'm gonna find out pizza <laughs> prices at Disneyland <laughs> which if you go, Disneyland I would argue has some of the the kind of best Magic Kingdom style food in the world because it is a very AP style park yeah but. I also, like, if you're going to Disneyland and you're seeing a $50 pizza, you're like, eh, I don't think you should go, yeah, that'll be great sort of thing. Like, Look, we've, I have done a calorie breakdown, I believe, on my cheapest uh, US Walt Disney World trip ever where I said literally just sleep in your car mm. outside of Walt Disney World. Uh, but if you really want to hit your calorie limits and you don't want to spend that much, there is you can get the Minute made uh, drinks, which are $2, and you can also get, they used to have them, Lunchables, and I believe yeah. that Lunchables have enough calories to fill you up. Like you can get enough of them. They're like $4.00. So you don't even need pizza. Also get a low-fat milk. That's $2. That'll fill you up. Get strong bones whilst you wait in line. I've actually found it. So the price here is for a whole pizza, which serves four guests, is $40. 
Oh, okay. But $10 so, a person isn't too bad for Disney yeah. food. With, like, how many people did she have? That she, Did she need 30 pieces, like 10, 12 slices of pizza for her whole family? It, especially as she did pay a 400 US dollars per person to get into the park, and that didn't include the picture with Mickey Mouse. <laughs> there was the criticism. I remember hearing it recently, and it's sort of spurring on the fact that um, sort of within media at the moment, Disney is getting this massive reputation of being very money hungry. And there's an item that you can get at Avengers Campus. It's like a mm. $90 sandwich, something like that. Yeah. However, like the all of the news articles. I believe it's called, yeah. Are like, this is a $90 sandwich. And it's like, wow, that's this is price gouging. But then when you look into it, it's like a sandwich for almost like nine or 10 people. Yeah, and it works out cheaper, I think. If you split it per that amount of person, it works mm. out cheaper than like any other food offering at the Disneyland Resort. And yeah. I feel it is that thing where, you know, we're not going to say some of the media isn't deserved, that look how expensive Disney is. But once you get that feeling of, well, we pushed out an article about look how expensive the, you know, Galactic Star Cruiser is. And yeah, that's really expensive. Oh, and that got... 500,000 clicks. So we're yeah. not going to spin every story we can uh, into, you know, being that sort of thing. Which also, can we just admire that the price for a universal one-day ticket, if Hollywood is the exact same price as for a Disneyland one-park ticket? Mm. I think but much from what cheaper. I can gather here that they were staying, because they've said 400 per person per day, so they must have been staying on site. God, even then, which if they've got enough people, they've got eight people with them. That's yeah. They're spending $3,200 a day. For t- they must be at the penthouse <laughs> like at the Grand California for $3,500 a day. <laughs> Can I say the next one? Because it's very yeah, it's a pretty funny. long one. Okay, so this one's pretty long. Uh, it's from a hmm. year ago. Fun Park. But they have a lot of de- a demonic movement without people knowing it. That's one it. star. <laughs> That's the review. Like, and there's like pictures there's... here, and it looks like he's having a great day. Like he's yeah. got a big smile on. He also goes to DCA and Disneyland in one day. Like mm. he's making the most of both. Uh, but apparently they have a lot of demonic movement. I so did see that star. there were some which it's just as if they clicked the wrong button because I mm. saw one which was a, a person at Tokyo Disneyland and it was a one-star review, and they were like, I had a wonderful day. This is an excellent park. Always love coming back. One star. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, they yeah, clicked the I wrong can... button. <laughs> what the hell is we... a five-star? <laughs> we will uh, we'll wrap up one more from Disneyland, just because I really like the title. Max Scam Mickey has turned into a greasy rat. Oh, that's powerful. <laughs> Waiting in line for 30 minutes to see Mickey was given photo pass and told photos are free to download. Oh, no. I need to see that money. <laughs> Card says photos are unlimited to download for $10 max pass charge. Exited park at 10 p.m. and went home. Tried to get photos in the morning. Found out the window to buy max pass closed at midnight. So the MaxPass photos from yesterday were no longer an option. Photos are offered to download free, but there is a watermark over the image. Price for the photos was now set at $20 each. Hmm. Called in and they offered me all six photos for $79. This is a classic bait and switch. You are tricking Mickey out from what was our honest mouse into a greasy profiteering rat. And then there's another paragraph, which I don't think even relates to Disney. And he just wanted to get this off his chest, apparently, because he's like, (laughs) I went to my favorite restaurant at 11 p.m. on my birthday. And the policy was that patrons eat free after 11 p.m. on their birthday. So I ordered a drink, appetizer, my free meal and dessert. But the bill came after midnight and it was for the full amount because I actually ate the meal after midnight and free birthday meals are only on your birthday. It says this on the fine print on the back of the menu. Didn't you read the fine print? The restaurant knows this, expects this to happen, but advertise the free meal as bait and switches when they offer the bill. What does that have to do with Disneyland? So the thing I think they're trying to get at here is that he could have gotten the photos during the day, 
for the ten dollars max pass. Yeah, they exited the park and then went home and tried to get the photos in the morning. It's not Disney's fault that you didn't buy them on the day. Like yeah. that's not a bait and switch. That's just you forgetting and then having to pay for the consequences. Yeah, like- <laughs> exactly. Like it's very. No, I do, that's I, the greasy rat Mickey Mouse coming to get him. Like, I do understand the frustration of that situation. And yes, Disney, at this stage, this is from October of 2018, Disney did have that reputation of, oh, if you ask, they'll do anything for you. And I think them offering the six photos for $80 is fairly reasonable when they're $20 yeah. each. However, I don't think that you can expect when you don't follow the rules for you to get something that you want. That's just not how it works. Didn't it? It got to a stage where people were essentially getting blacklisted mm. from asking for free stuff because now it was a thing at uh, Walt Disney World where people, now that your account is tied to everything, yeah. Disney was essentially able to go back through your history. And if you check into a hotel, it would flag you as a, as a guest who would essentially complain about anything i can't remember the source for this so it could entirely be anecdotal but from what i had heard and i think it may have been from the disney dish we haven't given them our weekly shout out so definitely go and check out the disney dish (laughs) (laughs) i i will say that the way that they said the system works is that ever since they brought in the magic bands Mm. they basically can track when you've been to any u.s based disney park Mm -hmm. so I believe there's a cutoff. There's like they can see some historic visits before they had magic bands and all of that. But basically they can also see what parks you've been to, Mm -hmm. how you've used the system, what fast passes you've had. So they see everything. Your account shows everything. And when you you file a complaint, there are certain people who have privileges to see your profile and your profile records whenever you've made a complaint. Now, Disney internally, from what I've heard, has basically a like, if you complain once and let's say you've been there like six times in the last couple of years, you've never made a complaint, but you're like, look, I just have to, this has been a really bad experience. They can look through your profile and be like, okay, yeah, this person has only... Made. On our good side. Exactly. Yeah. And then they'll give you things they want. They can also do things where you don't make a complaint at all. You're just a regular guest and you come back all the time and they can look at your a profile and see that. And they can upgrade yeah. you to things. However, they also flag the people who just complain about everything yeah. because all they've heard is if you complain at Disney, you get what you, you get want. free stuff. And yeah. it becomes that thing where the weight of your complaint diminishes over time. So say like if you barely complain, then your complaint has a lot of weight. If you're complaining all the time, then it might be that thing where it's like, oh my gosh, this person complains every time. Here's a sticker. Like just go away. (laughs) Yeah. Sorry. That That sort of thing. I'll try and find a source for that. Feel free to hit me up if you want more information uh, on Twitter or anything like that. I've got friends on the inside. I'm sure I can can know plenty who work in hotels nowadays. I am fairly confident, like 80, 90% that that is how the system works. Yeah, it was a big thing with uh, my Disney experience, I believe. Which, ironically, I've heard that Disney's running out of cards because of the chip shortage. Oh, you know the, no. You know the RFID cards? I've heard yeah. this anecdotally. And there may there may be talks that some people might just magically, instead of being given the card when they check into the hotel, congrats, we've upgraded you to a free magic band instead <laughs> because they got so many of them left over when they stopped giving them out for free. Well, it's actually that thing where it was like they had the best method originally, which was... If someone's staying at your resort, give them a free boring magic band and then be like, oh, but you can get a good one if you upgrade. Now, if you don't give that option, people are going to be like, the hell is a magic band? Yeah, (laughs) which I always think too, obviously they've crunched the numbers and they know something we don't. But how many guests do you reckon bought something on a magic band that they would not have bought the same item using their credit card? Because Mm. there is a dissonance when you tap your wrist, that is a very different thing to the human psyche than pulling out your wallet, 
opening it up, pulling out your credit card and inserting your credit card. That's a very different experience. And I reckon there'd be, with the removal of magic bands, there would be a lot of purchases that they've missed out on because of that. Yeah, we had an experience and and sort of using it anecdotally, when we went to Walt Disney World for our honeymoon, we did everything in cash. But basically that meant that every time we bought something, we could see that amount of cash getting lower and lower. However, when we went on a cruise, we just tapped everything onto the card. It's like, yeah, charge it to the room. And we ended up spending more on that cruise to be fair, it was a cruise over New Year's and most of what we Say spent no more. was on alcohol. You probably spent more on the one day <laughs> over we, New Year's. We didn't have to pay for food. We didn't have to pay for like merchandise or anything. It's, like, it's a cruise ship. What am I going to get? Oh, it's a, the serenity of the sea plush. <laughs> uh, Ooh, a resin of the ship. <laughs> we just paid for alcohol and we got the bill and we're like, Oh no. oh, no. It was 1400 US dollars. Oh, my. <laughs> Jesus. You could have stayed at the Miracosta for a week. <laughs> Not <know>. quite, but. <laughs> Look, we weren't proud of it. This was a seven-day cruise as well, or it was like 11. It was a long cruise. I guess 100. That's for two. I guess $100 per person per day on alcohol. That's better than the $400 per person per day that person paid for Disneyland. <laughs> well, we actually ended up spending less. Like, we we maxed out how much we could drink some nights. Like, there were literally times where we are like, stumbling back to our room as if the bloody ship's doing flips and stuff. We're like, whoa. <laughs> But we didn't even hit anywhere near how much the drinks pass cost. So I don't Mm. want to know how much you have to drink drink to make that (laughs) worthwhile. As I've always heard, if a cruise ship is still offering the drinks pass, they're still making money from it. So never think that you're beating a cruise (laughs) ship. Uh, Did we want to move on to another park? Yeah. I think we're we're about hours, we'll do, so we'll we'll sort of more. do Let's some do speed one rounds. Did, one more I can pick your fave. Oh, I've I've I'll do a bonus one. This won't count, Ooh, okay. but I wanted to point out some uh, one star reviews that are from within the last decade for Wonderland. Oh yeah, the um, park that closed in. The, you know, the early 2000s. Go on. Yeah. So two years ago, their pamphlets are still in a number of hotel lobbies. Weird bearing in mind, they closed almost 15 years ago. Now, six people have thumbs their up to say it's helpful. Um, if you honestly believe that Wonderland is still around... Uh, it is now a Bunnings distribution centre. Yeah, woohoo. So, there's also another one that says, uh, nothing worth checking out, but the lines are short. Oh, yeah, zero minute <laughs> waits for everything. <laughs> this, they used to call it, so I know that it says currently Wonderland Sydney is open 24 hours. This actual listing on Google is for what used to be labelled as the Wonderland Boneyard. Now, mm. I know that a lot of people have been fighting for that to not be public information yeah, uh, because it is technically on private land, but it's a bit of a, a wishy-washy issue of it's yeah. like it's there, but um, there are also lots of snakes and that out there. So we don't publicly endorse people to go out there and find where the Wonderland Boneyard is. Just look it up on Google and look at the images that are available. Um, but it is also that thing where a lot of people were taking those reviews and making yeah. funny comments like this where it is nothing worth checking out, but the lines are short. I think yeah. that's nifty. Like, I think that's fun. Yeah, I think I, I like the... It's kind of living on a little bit through these yeah. reviews. It's like a place <laughs> you can go to let out a tear. <laughs> well, I think I can finish up because you did the last couple for Disneyland. I'll finish mm-hmm. up with uh, its sister park. Hong Kong Disneyland, hey. which I don't think is officially its sister park anymore. I think it's finally gotten independent status. Yeah. So <laughs> that was just its lazy way of being like, uh, uh, they're so similar because they're sisters. This one is from two years ago, and it starts off with, we went to Disney World for time already, but first time in Hong Kong Disneyland. We were so disappointed that Mickey didn't wear his tuxedo and Minnie 
didn't wear her red bubble dress. They were wearing their spring Easter costumes. <gasps> we went on June 24th, 2019. Easter is in April. It's over already. We waited two hours in line. They also have photo pass package, but they only had one border, which is Easter. Can <laughs> you imagine going all the way to Hong Kong Disneyland just to get a picture of Mickey in a tuxedo and Minnie in her red bubble dress, which I guess is her like polka dot, mm. red classic polka dot dress. Isn't it cooler to have them in limited time costumes? Exactly. You can look back and go, hey, this is a picture I got that no one ever got to. The thing I think that they've gotten confused by is that the way they figured out that it's the Easter event is that there are characters around the park in like egg-shaped costumes. I believe what this was instead was an extension of their spring event. Yeah, so I think their did... spring event is Easter. And I Tokyo does that as well. And it's a way yep. to, number one, separate it from the religious affiliation of Easter. Yep. And two, be able to make an event that lasts for longer than a weekend. <laughs> exactly. So it's this thing that, yeah, Easter is in April, but spring goes for a lot longer. So yeah, look, it, fair. Well, no, I don't believe that it's fair to give Hong Kong Disneyland one star because the character wasn't wearing the costume that you and wanted I'm them to wear. I'm looking at the picture. Mickey looks pretty dapper in his little egg costume. Yeah, <laughs> Mickey looks <laughs> sick. <laughs> uh, there's also another one which now I want to stress. This is on Hong Kong Disneyland's yeah. reviews. Uh, one star review. Now, this person has done a lot. They've done 63 reviews. This is from nine Jeez. months ago. It is a COVID-19 quarantine place. Tiny rooms, iron bed, no towels. Nice stuff, guys. I cannot recommend this place. Now, I think they've gotten hmm. it confused. There is actually a COVID-19 yeah. quarantine place on the parcel of where Hong Kong Disneyland's second gate would be. You do not quarantine in Hong Kong Disneyland. <laughs> no, it's called like the Lantau Island Quarantine Facility or something yeah. like that. You can see it on uh, Google Ma No, sorry, it's called the Penny Bay Isolation Camp, which is their that equivalent version <laughs> yeah, of uh, quarantine. You know, if you fly from uh, into Hong Kong, you go into there for the X amount of days uh, so that you don't risk bringing uh, COVID-19 into the city as... yeah. Hong Kong has, as a whole, has been doing quite well, especially with how compact their population is. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's not quite Disneyland. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I like to think that this guy took, the, like, took a left instead of taking a right when he got off the MTR at Disneyland and just walked into this quarantine facility, checked into his hotel, and got put in one of the, <laughs> the facilities. <laughs> That's what I'm like, I cannot figure out how they've managed to pin this on Disneyland. Like, yeah. But I, look, it's probably that thing where there is no review for the actual place, but the guy's yeah. like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm going to review it no matter how I have to do, <laughs> you know, a weird little workaround to get there, but I'm going to do it. Well, I guess we can finish that up here. We've got plenty of more of these to do, so I definitely recommend... Park. What's your favourite park? Let us know your favourite park, and we'll go through and find the worst reviews for it. I think the biggest, the biggest trend as well you see in a lot of these reviews is people complaining about things that aren't the park's fault, whether yes. it be weather, yeah. whether it be rude guests, whether it be, you know, that it was hot. Like, this isn't the park's fault at the end of the day. That's the thing. It is like there were a lot of reviews that I didn't put in here and we're not going through here and making fun of people for giving bad reviews. We don't want people to not do that because there are completely valid reasons. There were some where I was looking at reviews for Movie World and SeaWorld and DreamWorld mm. and they were people who had genuine reasons to give a one-star review, like attractions being closed unexpectedly and not being reflected on their maintenance schedules, uh, staff genuinely being rude, things like that. Mm. However, if you go in here and say you know, a guest gave me a bad experience <laughs> and you didn't rectify it. Like 
Tokyo Disneyland has an obligation to all their guests, not just you, yeah. no matter how much you pay. So if a guest is rude to you, they can only go with, like, they, they have to account for both sides of the argument. They can't just go, oh, well, you complained about this guest. Get in the paddy wagon. You're done. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's not how it works. Get so out of here. You're done. It, we're not trying to make fun of the people per se. It's mostly no. just the content, which is yeah. often and, silly. And I, I think a lot of the time as well, people would probably take a step back from this and, and laugh themselves at some of the, you know. Yeah. At the end of the day, how silly it might have come across. Like, I think we've all had that thing where we've looked back and without the veil of, like, you know, the anger seething through your body and being really emotional about the situation when you step back, you know, I was like, maybe I was a bit too harsh. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, but I think we'll wrap it up there. Definitely get in contact with us to let us know what you thought of this episode. It is a little bit different, but if you enjoyed it, we can do this something as a... Uh, there's not plenty a- of parks out there, <laughs> and there's plenty of people leaving one-star reviews for those parks. But Dom, this is episode 49, which means next week is a Whoa. very special episode. Mm. So stay tuned to the socials to hear a little more about that Maybe as it comes to it- be could have a little bit to do about celebrities and the way that they get around but oh Oh, oh. make sure you don't miss it (laughs) see you all next week Uh, you can get in contact with me at review time dom on twitter (laughs) you can get me at review time luke on twitter and you can find us both at time review or review time everywhere else we'll be back next week we'll see you then the big five zero bye Review Time's theme podcast is brought to you by Luke Carroll and Dominic Lacey. A big shout-out goes to our newest patron, definitely Maybelline, long-term patron Nick Willicks, and to you, the listener. Review Time's theme podcast will be back next week for episode 50.